Well, what's more American than that? Late night burgers and politics with strangers. In New York. New York. <laughs> this is Crossing Phase, the first podcast featuring a Christian and a Muslim talking religion and politics. Your co-hosts are me, Matt Hawkins, a once policy director for the Southern Baptist Convention, and my friend John Pinna former director of government and international relations for the American Islamic Congress. For this episode, yeah, we, we might mention uh, Bernie Sanders. You Bernie know, we Sanders. might mention what, yeah. what the Dems are doing, only because, you know, it's a pretty hot some shameless, subject right now. Some shameless political punditry we might get into. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're coming off of this Nevada... You know, they sort of, uh, every, everyone, I, I don't know, you saw something like 72% of the constituency, uh, you know, is backing him in in, yeah. in Nevada, which um Three consecutive primary caucus, primary slash caucuses he's won, which is a big deal for yeah. the Bernie campaign. Yeah, it's 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 a big deal, period, because we, we on our last podcast, we were talking about how, you know, the, the Dems are so just so, it's, it's a fragmented with uh, all the players in the field, but, uh, and, uh, I was, I was sitting here and having a, having a burger and, uh, last week and they were so excited and coming off of, you know, the primary was New Hampshire. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and they go, well, all we need is Nevada and North Carolina and, and we're set. Uh-huh. You know, that is, <laughs> I go, well, and I, and so I just got into a conversation with my friend and we're chatting back and forth, and I go, "Wow, he's kind of unelectable," and um, and and they had heard me, but they didn't chose not to respond directly to me. They chose uh-huh. there were two two gentlemen speaking, and he just said, "You know," he said out loud, "You know, unelectable is ridiculous. He's the next. He's the future." He was sort of answering the comment I made in a you know on the download of my friend. Uh, because my friend had asked me, well, what do you think of Sanders? I go, well, he's kind of unelectable because of this, this, and this. And uh, and essentially saying, well, you know, he's a symbol of socialism. He's yeah. kind of polarizing within his own party. You're not going to get independents to jump on board, which is, you know, you need independents and conservatives to win the election. So, you know, I was trying to speak, you know, present a coherent case. Um, so then I just turned to the guy, I go, if you got something to say, you should just say it. Oh, no. You know, well, he's like, we can just get in a conversation. So he, you know, sort of nervously kind of turned around to me and we started, we got into a, a, a political conversation with, amongst strangers, you uh-huh. know, which Awkward. is what you should be doing. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but it was interesting to get his perspective as a millennial, you know, he, uh. you know, they, they seemed very doom and gloom and, and he goes, well, all the millennials are behind, you know, Sanders. So he uh-huh. said, these are the three main points. Two is, you know, uh, we, me as millennials don't believe that we're going to live past 50 years old because of the climate change, oh you know, climate goodness. issue. And then the third, the third point was, you know, we're, you know, you know, we're worried about paying rent. We're worried about paying back our loans and doing, you know, and, and Bernie's going to, he's going to fix all that. And I go, well, the same criticisms you can have of Trump, you know, the hyperbole, the you know pandering to different audiences and then doing what he wants and yeah. you could say about Bernie Sanders and go Bernie Sanders has all these wonderful wonderful sort of dreamlike guarantees you know he's going to forgive loans no one's going to be paying rent everybody's going to be he's going to fix everything right yeah. you know and and so but you know if the problem is is when you get to the how question which was my same criticisms of 
of when it was when you know, President Trump, President Trump, when he was okay, we're gonna we're gonna build a wall. Okay, how? Yeah, you know the particulars. I may agree uh, or, yeah, the particulars kind of matter. Well, you're always the devil's in the details, is what you always say, right? So, right. Um, so that was the, and I, I just said, I just don't understand the how. But if you're going to, if he's going to win, the challenge is, is that he's he's cannot beat Trump. It's just not. It's just not in the in the in the in the stars. Well, it, you're talking it, about somebody. Yeah, can't I, build a constituency large enough. Yeah, people will not vote for anybody rather than vote for Sanders if they're even if they don't want to vote for Trump. Yeah, and that's I, I don't know, man. I I think they'll Democrats will unite behind Sanders if he's the nominee. I, I'm still stunned that he would be the nominee because it would codify that the Dems have not won anything from 2016. It's like the leftist, uh, the leftist uh, Obama administration. Uh, lost Hillary's, you know, term basically, and the election of Trump was basically an expression of being fed up with those kind of those kind of policies, and so they go further left than Obama and Hillary. It's just remarkable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 <laughs> I mean, well, moderate, I, moderate I just, a little. <laughs> you know, I mean, I get, I get it. I get American politics where we, everything has to swing from. If it's far to the right, it's going to swing far to the left. I get it. You know, right. um, but you right. know, it's. I this is what I said to him. I go, look, I'm, you know, because they they again sort of press me on who I am, and I go, well, I'm a nobody. That's number one. So let's just. But here's the thing: there's just as many millennials supporting Trump. More than you think. Yeah. You know, and he. You, you might know, not. And he, he might not know any of, but they're they're there for sure. Well, he like he said that he said they just said that's not true, and I go a lot of people will vote for Trump who won't admit it, and they'll yeah, still and true. they'll vote for him. So there's people that won't admit it that vote for Trump. There's a lot of millennials. I go. I don't think. I go. You're, you know, you're you're kind of talking about you know the the, the environment, and I don't know. Maybe you maybe you do believe that you're not going to live past fifty because the environment's going to go, you know, sideways. But you're you're sitting around in upstate New York, um, surrounded by trees, right? You know, like, you know it's not a barren wasteland. You know, right. you know, like I don't know. There's no, you know, I, you know, I just, I just said, I, I, I go, you, you, you understand what's what's going on around you, right? You know, you get it. You get that if you get it, if you have a polarizing con, you know, uh, candidate, it, it's it means that you're not going to have consensus. You're not going to be in the middle and get the maximum amount of votes. So. Yeah. I mean, it's just that's just just a fact. And I go, you know, here's the thing: Biden, you know, has I've mentioned this before. You know, Biden's going to have the albatross of Ukraine around his neck, and they're going to spin that on him. Uh, that the GOP will spin that on him pretty hard. Plus, the guy can't get a sentence out of his mouth. But it, will Bernie live through the first term? Right. <laughs> that's my question. You know, you know, will the guy stay alive long enough to be able to answer the question of how? Um, and, you know, I get very nervous about sort of the Obama sort of great idea, um, you know, matrix, and then everything, everybody gets caught in the details of the analysis, and then nothing yeah. gets done. Right. I get very nervous about that. You know, the Obama administration was very, very difficult to work with. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, harder than the, the Trump administration, to be honest with you, for, for me, you know, uh, um, it was very, very difficult uh, to, to get in the door uh, it was very closed door place. And then they were always analyzing things at nauseum to the point where there were so many advisors and so much, 
so many subject matter experts floating around in there that I, nothing got done. Yeah. <laughs> and what well, did yeah. get done, the hills they did die on were, you know, these were these polarizing agenda items. Yeah. Um, so, well, and, and for, for Sanders to A, win and then B, be, you know, as productive, but just, let's just assume he, he has plans. Let, let, well, let's just assume he has plans and, and will remain healthy. Uh, the, I, I mean, he, he would have, they would have to also take the Senate in a pretty historic way. Right. I mean, yeah. It'd have to be like a literal socialist wave. And judging by 2016 and 2018, I just don't see it. Yeah, look, look, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, you're, you're talking, I mean, but then again, you sit there and you go, well, well no one knew what was going to happen in 2016. But my argument still is that the Dems are so far behind on what politics has become. It's, it's like, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is the best metaphor I got. The Trump administration's pro- machine for reelection is like the Germans in 1930s. Their military was like from another planet. You know, no one knew what hit them in World War II. Yeah. Um, and it took so long for people, for everybody to come around to understand what was going on. It was like the Germans were from like another planet. I mean, there's no judge. No, that, that I, don't th- I don't think anybody would go toe to toe with that argument. And it took the world to years to come up to speed to the point where they were able to go toe to toe with the German military and then slam them back. I would argue that in politics, the Trump administration is just like it's from another planet right now. Oh yeah, I mean they're yeah they they digital they, media, yeah the campaign they're outreach, they're, yeah their campaign. I mean they're it's you know that was the the criticism with with Hillary. You know it was. Oh, she has her ground game. She's got traditional government relations going on, traditional campaigning. She's got a you know large ground is, and you know she she it didn't work. <laughs> it just didn't. And and Bloomberg, who you know if, if you were gonna if you were gonna pin me down and say who's the best guy on the Dem side, I go Bloomberg. That's where I would go with right. So, uh, but Bloomberg's not. He's using his funds. And he's still using it in a traditional manner, campaign manager manner. He's not, he's his he's not mobilizing it with the right hooks and with the right uh, dynamic qualities that would make him would surge as a as a as a candidate on the Dem side, but also reach across to you know conservatives and and independents and so forth. Uh, although he did get Clint Eastwood, he did get he did get uh, Joe Manko, which is pretty cool. You know that that's the name of. You know what that is? That's the name of Clint Eastwood in the uh, Good, the Bad, the Ugly, and uh, a fistful of dollars, right. four yeah. dollars more. Yeah, good throwback. Okay, so good throwback. the man with no name trilogy <laughs> and all the rest of them. So I'm just. <laughs> this is some classic well, westerns. The well, the classic the classic westerns. It doesn't get it doesn't get any better. It doesn't get any better than. I mean, first of all, I mean the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. There's no doubt. You know, there's. I mean, is Tuco that just the best cop, best character on the planet? You know, like yeah. it doesn't get any better than Tuco. Well, in the soundtracks, Ennio so, Morricone, right? Oh yeah, he did that. Yeah, yeah, Ennio, yeah, yeah. So I just, although I do like him in Joe Kid, I do like that. I do like when he he's in the bar and he makes himself a sandwich. <laughs> I haven't I, seen I, that I, one. I, 
you know, like, like I, just, I just like, I was like, you know, I know what, we got to stop the movie right now and get a sandwich, you know. So, but uh, I, I just, what, I mean, what are your thoughts? Do you think it's going to happen? I'll confess, I'm not as up to speed on Democrat uh, primary um, uh, policies and and that kind of thing. So I'm not going to make a prediction. I, it's, I mean, he's clearly Sanders is clearly having a moment that he has not ever had in previous years. I mean, they're, I mean, to to knock off the three first Democrat primaries, that's a big deal for anybody. Um, right. And he's never seen that kind of support. Uh, I just still think, I mean, maybe, maybe Democrats, I mean, Democrats think they want someone who can, you know, throw down and be, you know, angry like Trump is on the campaign trail. But man, if I were to counsel them starting, you know, in 2017, all you have to do is look like the grown up in the room and look like you got everything under control. And they, nobody has done that for any lengthy period of time. Right. Sanders certainly yeah. does that. I, I do, you, do you remember the time when he, as a sitting Senator breached article six of the constitution? Do you remember that? You know what I'm talking about? I don't know. No, I don't. I don't know what we're talking about. When was this? Uh, this was maybe 2018, maybe 2017. I forget the date, but there was one of Trump cabinet appointees who was a, a basically an evangelical Christian like me. And uh, Sanders grilled him on his beliefs, his theological beliefs about human sexuality. It's it was literally a breach of it was literally a religious test for office that Sanders was. Right. It, it, I mean, it wasn't like he was doing this like in the media or the press. It was an actual confirmation hearing. I mean, I don't, I don't see, I don't understand how you, uh, how, what more of an article, a breach of religious test of office than what Sanders did. Was this, was this, this was 2000, you're saying, you said, you just said 2008, right? No, 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 no. This was recent. This was under Trump administration. I'll oh. see if I can dig it up. I'm blanking on the guy's name. It was Russell, Russell, Russ Vought, I think. Here's the problem. See, that I get turned off to all this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I just, you know. Yeah, hey, there he goes. Uh, 2017, April 2017. Russell Vought, V-O-U-G-H-T. You sending me something? So here's the thing. Like, I, I, you know, here's the problem. I, I get very... I do. I kind of turn off to this stuff. You know, it's if I if I turn on to it, like when I try to go in and bring Muslims into the White House with this current administration, or try to advise on Afghanistan, right, and 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 what's going on again. If I get stuck on every, you know, bunch, every bit of jagassery that's happening, you know, then we end up, you end up just getting mired in 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 the crazy. So. Oh, the OMB. Yeah, I remember. I, I you remember that. I do remember this? Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, but look, he pushes back, and the Dems have nobody. Nobody. Yeah. You know. I mean, it's the same, look, it's the same. Look, it's the same. Same thing. Criticism. I, I don't want to say criticism, but it's the same thing I talk about you with, right? Look, you know, Pastor Paula White. 
Uh-huh. She's been to the throne room. Right. We now know. Um, Just... You know, she wants uh, de- demonic babies aborted. Or what did they, she say? Miscarried to mis- be miscarried. Yeah. She called you them know, demonic and... pregnancies, I think. Right. Her term. right. So, yeah. So, okay. You know, and if so it, she's got giving her the benefit and, of the and, doubt, it's plausible she was speaking metaphorically in that instance. I, I, like, I Within get, a particular you know, thread of uh, of uh, of her Christianity. I mean, the, here's the challenge: is that when it doesn't sound right, everybody's speaking metaphorically. When it sounds right, it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it lands on different constituencies properly. Yeah. You know, in in in, in, in each way, the challenge I think becomes. You know when uh, when can we hold anybody accountable for what they're saying and what they're doing? Sure. And and on the Dem side, great, they've got Sanders who's outspoken. Um, maybe Warren, maybe Klobuchar. I I, I don't know. Um, well, but you know, you know, Yang was pretty decent, but they do not have the dynamic pulpit. You know, type of people saying this, that, or whatever. And I, I don't mean that to mean religiously. I mean they just don't have enough people to go toe to toe with, with what's going on the GOP side. And they're just not doing it right. You know, not at all. Um, it's not just policy. Now you have to be able to hook people in. You got to be able to go to, to, you know, go toe to toe. doesn't mean name calling. That doesn't mean any right. other stuff. It just means that you have to been able to be able to do it. And you know, like, it's like me, sometimes I can go toe to toe and other times it's just not in the mood. You know? So, um, but I just, I just don't know. Uh, We'll see what happens, but if, if Bernie if Bernie gets it, I, I just don't know how they can win the election. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, I, mean I, I think there's a there's something to be said for uh, there's a populist attraction to Bernie, just like there was with Trump. And so, if you have people who uh, whose kind of populist tendencies could shift one way or the other, or you know they vote. They voted for Trump out of exasperation, from a populist point of view. Uh, that could, you know, if they're not strongly committed to Trump or they don't feel like uh, the Trump administration has really delivered on what they hoped they would, you know, they could slide over to Sanders. You know, if if they're not really ideologically solid, I tend to side with you too. But I do get that that impulse. Yeah, I mean, this, they're gonna have to get around the socialism argument. You know, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and, and, and the bottom. I mean, if if I line. if I were a, if I were a Trump campaign guy, I mean, Sanders has got so much stuff out in public about the socialism and the communist stuff. I mean, that would just be a f- literal field day, in in cranking out ads after ads after ads. Listen, I, if I was if I if I was a GOP strategist, first thing I would do is I would I would turn the Russian meddling into a Sanders backed agenda <laughs> done and that would be it now it's completely off the president and now it's it's transitioned to sanders yeah you know in the same respect i'll, I'll give i'll give something i'll get i'll do a give to the dems i would say <laughs> on the socials of it should i be like if you're taking any money for the government doesn't matter what it is so security if it's medicare medicaid if it's benefits from you know uh veterans benefits doesn't then you're accepting socialist programs. Yeah. If you're a no farmer question. getting aid from in the middle of the country because of the policies with with uh, China right now, the trade war, that's socialism. 
So if you say you're against socialism, then you should be returning all that money or not accepting those programs, that, even if you're entitled to it. So that's the give. Yeah, the, that's the, the dirty little secret. That's the little dirty little secret on the right is that uh, America generally is far more socialistic than uh, even the most uh, vocal Trump supporters will uh, will admit. Uh, I mean, we we saw that the the Tea Party from years ago that was a big. Uh, a big <laughs> flame out <laughs> and didn't even with a Republican controlled Congress uh, with a president like Trump, they just increased, you know, they increased spending, didn't cut spending by and large. They got tax reform, some kind of tax reform done, but <laughs> for all the tea party people who were crying about uh, fiscal spending long-term and then the ceiling collapsing on the U S like those people are utterly, from the right are utterly silent. Well, this is this is what I said to to these two guys, these Sander guys. I go, you know, the climate. Okay, I get it. You know, and I, I understand you got to charge that hill. You know, if you ask me directly, I'll tell you my stance on climate change. But the other side of it is, um, we'll do an episode on climate change. We'll we'll flag that another, yeah. another day. We'll yeah, talk, we'll talk about but, it. But I told them about. I said, you, you got to understand if, if if you're not talking about the deficit and the debt in a coherent manner that's easily digestible to the public, you can't win with the economy. You, there's no way you can go toe to toe on the economy. No. Uh-uh. And and they were they were like, what do you mean? I go, <laughs> I go, there you go. I go. So the economy's cranking. And I said, do you know why? And what is <laughs> the what is the counterpunch to the to crank? And I and 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 you know then they repeated back to me the deficit and the debt. I said, do you know that what what they are and the difference between the two? They didn't. Right. So you know, they can't so even enunciate. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so I, I actually walked them through the business of climate change and the business of the environmental industry, and then I also walked them uh-huh. to through uh, debt and deficit, debt and deficit a little bit, <laughs> and I go, this is. This is the problem, you see. And so afterwards, it was really, it was actually really thoughtful. They, the one guy who talked out loud, he said he shouldn't have responded to my private conversation out loud. And he apologized for that because he said it was, you know, because I said it was rude for him to do that, you know, uh-huh. and, uh, and he apologized for that, which was very, you know, thoughtful. And, and, uh, you know, <laughs> we're, we're, you know, it's, it's late night. I met a friend, you know, for burger and, and we're sitting there, and sure enough, like it was really funny. I was across the table right away, like sits back in the chair because I think we're gonna get into a fight. I think, I think JT's getting us into a fight. What's um, well, what's more American than that? Late night burgers and politics with strangers in New York. In New- you know, <laughs> you know, and it didn't escalate. It was fine. You know, everything was good. Um, but it, it's it was interesting to see their perspective. You know, because like I said, they are they were millennials. They're New Yorkers. They 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 you know pulled their shirt sweaters down and they, on their inner shirt they had a you know Bernie Sanders pin so they could just come from like a party or something <laughs> and I was like oh you know and it was it was really cute they were like you know well, he's like well I work in Albany you know I'm like oh okay he's like where do you work I go oh well I mean around around you know I was like, <laughs> I, you know I didn't want to get too deep into it but very you know nice guys trying to sure. muddle hey, through hey they're they participating man. They're, they're participating. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. So, All right. We got to move on. Enough Sanders. Enough Sanders? Yeah. Right, enough Sanders. This has been Crossing Phase with Matt Hawkins and John Penna. 
a podcast of Roll Top Productions. If you like what you hear and would like to help defray the cost of the show, consider sponsoring us on Patreon by visiting crossingphase.com. Crossing Phase is available on all your favorite podcast outlets, including iTunes, Google Podcast, Overcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and TuneIn. We'd appreciate your review of our program, especially in the iTunes store. Let us know what you think of the show via Twitter at MTHawk, at JT Pinna, or at Crossing Phase. Music for this episode is courtesy Vajra, whose music is available at thevajratemple.com, Spotify, iTunes, and Amazon. Show notes for this episode and more are available at crossingfaiths.com.